0: Well, howdy, A&M Church of Christ and our many guests. Thank you for joining us via the Internet. We begin our lesson time today with a couple of really special announcements regarding our first face-to-face gatherings. Tonight at 6 p.m., we will gather in our parking lot for an evening of social distance, praise and worship. Now, we may not be able to join hands, but we can certainly join hearts in worship. Feel free to wear a face mask gloves if you'd like. Uh, we do ask that you stay uh, in or right beside your car. Parking attendants will provide instructions as you pull in. Please remember the parking lot opens at five thirty pm. We are also broadcasting this event via zoom so please check today's email from the church for that link. Second, We have tentatively scheduled June 7th as our first Sunday to assemble as a church body. And we say tentatively because we are still keeping an eye on the trajectory of cases in Bryan College Station. So please keep checking your inboxes for details. We'll provide additional information during our online assembly next Sunday morning, May 31st. Finally, Tomorrow is Memorial Day, a day when we pause to honor the fallen men and women who died in service to our nation. Please be sure to pray for families who continue to grieve the loss of those they love, for those brave men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of our country and our freedom. Well, today we continue our rescue series from the Psalms. And I just want to pause for a moment before we enter the text and say thank you to so many of you who've responded so positively via texts and emails and cards and notes. Your encouragement is truly a blessing to the elders and the church staff. And we hope you're being blessed as well. Today we turn our attention to Psalm 18. Psalm 18 is a deliverance. Text. Its twin text is 2 Samuel chapter 22, where David praises God for divine deliverance from the hand of all his enemies. There are five major sections in Psalm 18, but there are two overarching themes, and they are God is our rock and God is our refuge. The psalm is quite lengthy, as prayers for deliverance often are. So instead of reading all 50 verses, I want to read the lead verse of each section of the psalm. And there are three sections total that we'll look at today. Notice how these three section headers speak to the truth of God as rock and God as rescue. Psalm 18, verse 1. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You know, it's so easy in our modern culture to read words like this and reduce them to a t-shirt or coffee cup slogan, really as a means to just make us feel better. But the psalmist isn't simply humming a happy tune here. He is awestruck by his powerful God. I think it's still possible to encounter God in this way, to be as awestruck by his provision as the psalmist is in these opening verses. But instead of me telling you about it, I've invited some of our members to read this text this past week and then describe to us how it speaks to them in this pandemic, in a time when An enemy certainly pursues us, all of us. So let's start with a thought from Susie Burke, one of our Aggies for Christ.
1: Psalms 18, I absolutely love this passage. I think it's so true, I think, to what we are going through right now. And I just think it's so crazy that the Bible will always and always has correlated with what we're going through and is so true to what we need to hear every single day. Like you can always just open up your Bible and find something that's going to connect with what you need to hear today. So in Psalms 18, my one of my favorite parts, because I had two, the first one is in verse 6 through like 9 where David says, In my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. God was angry and upset, when we are upset and when we're in pain. And I think that's so crazy because we think so many times that we're so alone in this quarantine, in this life, when we're in like a bad season, um, but we're not because God feels our pain and He's right there with us and He feels our pain with us because He doesn't want us to be feeling pain. So I think that's crazy and so good. My second favorite part is in verse 16, when he says, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. God wants to rescue us and he's going to rescue us. And I think it's so crazy that so many times we have the ability to talk to God and the ability to ask God, for strength, for to be rescued, or anything, honestly, like the Bible in Matthew literally says, Ask and you shall receive. And so many times we just expect God to give us what we want without even asking. And I think God wants to give us what we need and He wants to make us happy. And He's always giving us what we need. I think we just need to find the strength to reach out to Him. And to ask him how he can help us and how he can lift us out of the darkness.
0: The word of God is so true to what we need to hear every day. We think we are so alone, but we're not. Because God feels our pain and he's right there with us. God wants to rescue us. We simply need to ask. (laughs) Wow. Amen, Susie and thank you did you hear that phrase god wants to rescue us you know what an amazing insight from one of our young christian sisters and let's let's not stop there here's some additional insight from elizabeth leftwich one of our graduating high school seniors
2: hi friends i'm elizabeth i will be sharing psalms 1818 today They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. I think this verse has been just so evident in our life today. God not only rescues us, but he puts us in a safe place. And I know during this time that it just hasn't been easy. Calamity, the definition is disaster or hardship. And that is exactly what we're going through today. It's not easy. We can't see each other. We can't wrap our arms around each other. We have to be separated, social distance, and just not be around each other. And that's no fun for any of us. As a senior in high school, I just, I have lost a lot, I guess. Not as much as some people, but I have lost a lot in the aspect of memories and just like things that seniors look forward to. But the Lord has just shown that he is still good. And he knew how much I needed this time just to be still, slow down, and stay home with my family for a little while, as I'm always so busy. This just, he delighted in that. And he delighted in me that he gave me the opportunity to do that. I think that he knew exactly what our world needed and that he was going to support us and what was going on. But he was also going to bring our nation together and states together and homes, broken homes homes—we're going to have to come together. Um, all under one name, because the Lord is good. And this verse, he just, he wants to rescue you. And he wants to rescue me um, from everything that's going on right now. And so that's what I wanted to share with y'all today. And I hope y'all have a great day.
0: Did you catch what her faith rests on? God rescues us from calamity and puts us in a safe place. You know, in order to be put into a safe place, there must be a willingness to surrender my will to the will and the expertise of the rescuer. The psalmist gets that. The psalmist does that. Notice as David continues in verses 30 and 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in Him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? Now, this is the fourth major section in this psalm, and it opens a doorway of understanding to the way of victory. Garrett Hines took a few moments to show how that victory is lived out by
3: those who trust in the God who rescues. Hey, good morning church family. Happy Sunday. So glad you're here. I hope you're having an awesome day. Today we're talking about Psalm 18 and Psalm 18 is one of my favorite passages of scripture. You see, David writes this as a beautiful narrative poem about the faithful, passionate love of God. And right in the middle of it, David says, you make my feet like the feet of a deer and you set me on the high places. See, I find it helpful to know that when David's talking about the feet of a deer, he's talking about these things called the ibex. You see, the ibex were uniquely designed to run up the flattest of mountainsides using the smallest of footholds. And I find that encouraging because it reminds me that I've been uniquely designed for the path laid out in front of me. God has created me with everything I need in order to take on the challenges and the joys of the path in front of me. And you have been uniquely designed with everything you need for the path you've been put on. And just like Paul said, we've been called to run the race. And when I pray, I pray, God, make my feet like the feet of a deer so that I can run the path in front of me. I hope you find that encouraging today. And I hope you take comfort in knowing that God has designed you uniquely for the path in front of you. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Grace and peace.
0: We have been uniquely designed by God with everything we need to walk the path before us. My goodness, I could preach a hundred sermons and never say it so eloquently. Thank you, Garrett. The final section of Psalm 50 closes with praise. And remember, this is a psalm of deliverance from most difficult circumstances Psalm 18, verse 46, the Lord lives, praise be to my rock, exalted be God, my savior. You exalted me above my foes from a violent man, you rescued me. You know, our circumstances may not be the same as David's, but all of us will face times in our lives when we are challenged in ways that we never expected. Please take a few moments to listen to a few words from two dear friends who have lived this psalm for the past few years.
4: When Greg asked us to pick a verse from Psalm 18, I picked verse 16. He reached down from on high and took a hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. And these are deep waters that I've been going in and uh, drowning in for the last year or two or maybe longer because of all the the different situations, especially with my two sisters. Both sisters have severe health issues, neither one ever had children, and I realized that it it came to me to be in charge of their decision-making, their finances, uh, caregiving, whatever kinds of help that they needed. And one sister I had moved to College Station, the other one's living in Austin with her husband who has Alzheimer's. So uh, I had a million decisions to make, I was drowning in, in fear of making a mistake, fear of making enemies, fear of not doing the right thing financially, and just uh, feeling really unappreciated because I felt that I was doing things that my sisters really didn't want me to do. Ultimately, I was able to move my sister and her husband into a assisted living home, where um, I then had to clean out the house and, and get rid of the trash and box things up and sell her things and sell the house. And while all this was going on, I was leaving my husband, being gone several days a week, every week for at least four months. Then my sister, who lives in College Station, I got a call saying that she was going to die soon. So I called my my—God sent me my friends who went to her— and served her and tried to be there for her and take care of things for her and within a few days i had seen watched my sister pass away then right after that um, it was just a little while i was trying to clear out two homes and then covid started and during this pandemic my sister and her husband in Austin. Um, were isolated in this home and her husband passed away yeah. and my sister was all alone with, without me there or any of my family or her family there to be with her. And then just within weeks, she fell and broke her hip and spent five days alone in the hospital without talking, mm-hmm. being with anyone. And then now she's in a rehab center all alone and during all this time i know i know a lot of you probably have, are dealing with having loved ones in a isolated place and it, you know how terrible it feels but regardless i do know looking back at it that there's no way i could have handled all the the huge obstacles that were in front of me if if god hadn't just reached down there kept pulling me up keeping my head above water and now then that so much is behind me. There's still a lot ahead of me, but um, I'm seeing blessings even in this pandemic because I have time, and I'm, I'm having time to go through my sister's precious belongings—their boxes of memorabilia, their photos, their letters—and I'm learning so much about my sisters, learning their their dreams and their unfulfilled uh, things they had for themselves, and it's and it's helping me to learn. Uh, so much and and loved them in a way I didn't really appreciate them when they were uh, younger and are living.
5: Yes, yeah, it's been a blessing. The thoughts I have to share have uh, really nothing to do with the pandemic, but it has everything to do with what David was writing about in Psalm 18. Uh, a little over a year ago, I, I started getting sick and it was unexplainable. Went to many medical professionals and and they could find no, no answers for, uh, I quit eating, I started losing a tremendous amount of weight, I became sleepy all the time, I was lethargic. In fact, uh, as I, the more I slept, the, the less I was even able to walk. And one afternoon, Cherry was trying to get me up and I couldn't get up, I just couldn't, I couldn't stand up. And she, along with our son, Uh, Took me to the uh, emergency room, and there we found that that, um, I had multiple blood clots in both my legs and in my lungs, and I didn't realize at all, neither cherry the the serious uh, condition that I was in. Uh, As I as I think about Psalm 18, verse 28 jumps out at me. David says, "You light a lamp for me. The Lord, my God, lights up my darkness." And and I think about the darkness that I was in. Actually, I had a brain fog, and I don't know how to explain that except my brain was foggy. But but it was darkness, and uh, and yet I knew I knew God was there through it all. I didn't lose faith, but it was just a dark time. And as I think about Him bringing light, often He brings the light in in small forms as well as big forms but i had so many christian brothers and sisters and many of you are watching this video probably right now but you're thinking about uh, the times that you specifically reached out and ministered to cherry and to me through through that time so not only was she dealing with her sisters but she was an incredible nurse for me and she helped through the way she nurtured me to bring light out of that darkness. Praise God for his eternal light and the way he shows up in our dark moments.
0: Thank you, Bill and Cherry, for your faithful witness. And thank you for modeling what God, our rock, and God, our rescue, looks like lived out in the lives of those we love. You know, there's something about today's message from Psalm 18 that you need to know. Including our introduction by Sid and Amy, we asked six different households to read Psalm 18 and share with us the part of the psalm that speaks to them in this season. I want you to know every person or family chose a different emphasis. But here's the thing. None of it was scripted. No one was told which verse to choose or which verse to discuss. So that teaches me a couple of things. First of all, there's tremendous power in hearing multiple voices and perspectives in the assembly. I think that's why the Holy Spirit empowered the Apostle Paul to write the following in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 26... What shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. The second thing I realize is this, the power of God's Holy Spirit is alive and well in his church today. Now I don't know much about mathematical probabilities But I know that when six different households are asked to read and respond to a psalm with 50 verses, that the likelihood of all six being drawn to multiple aspects that cover the scope of the entire psalm, well, that's pretty slim. (laughs) So it shows us not only the power of the Holy Spirit, but it shows us how truly powerful one section of Scripture can be. One final thought. This is a psalm of David. Who begins and ends the psalm with a contrast. In verse 1, he notes, I love you, Lord. In verse 50, he notes, You love me, Lord. Now, this is very important. These are two different Hebrew words for love. David's love for God is raham. In this case, it's strong. Heart-filled affection. The love a mother feels when she sees her child for the first time. The love a husband feels for his wife when he knows deep in his heart she's the one. This word is intensely forcible. I will love you, Lord, from the bottom of my heart. In verse 50, God's love to David is chesed. This is unfailing love, love that's not impacted by the whims of others or the waves of calamity or suffering or pain. This is God's steadfast love as represented by one of the most beautiful words in Hebrew. But more important than the beauty of the word is the power of the word, for it describes the very nature of God himself. Chesed is found some 249 times in the Old Testament. Most often we encounter chesed in the Psalms, 26 times in Psalm 136 alone. You might recall the familiar refrain from that wonderful Psalm of Thanksgiving, for his loving kindness, his chesed endures forever. We see it in Psalm 18 as well. In the closing verse, when David reflects on God's promise, he writes, He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David, and to his descendants forever. Did you see what happens there in the last part of verse 50? It's not just a promise to David, it's a promise to us as well. We have been, we are, And we will be shown God's unfailing love. And that's the testimony of the God of rescue. That's the power of our God of refuge. Of all the news sources you trust, trust this good news. God is your rescue. God is your refuge. And the whole church said, amen.